Welcome back. Welcome back, Collar. Welcome back, Collar. Got my drink set up. All wind up. Like dominoes. Cheers, mate. Good to see me back. Got those beers lined up like dominoes, pizzas. And send out, try and send out heart beams to everyone in the shed. Don't electrocute him. Because you'll be liable. This one's called Episode 1 Pure Animal. Now, this is a true story. As Tom Hingley said, this is how it feels to be lonely. Yep, I said it. I've been lonely. Stuff's happened. And I'm I'm going to vent like Idi Amin, spitting down boom all guttural primal jungle orders to a couple of sideline sideline hobbits for castrating and not high-fiving some villagers, much like me howling my KFC order down on Fuzzburn as I sent him on his BMX on a five-minute ride to a place two buckets of splendid lard dripping chicken in his $2 milk crate taped to the front of his mongoose. Is mongoose, um, I'll talk about it a bit later, but there's a reason why it's very important to him and to you as a listener. Just having a chip to help me speak better. Most public speakers eat quite a lot of chips um, while before they give a speech. I've realized a couple of things recently you gullible grubs. You can't get through life without getting to the crux of the feelings cupboard. Or the emotion coffin, I call it. That's where you shove all your rage, your anger, your fury, your savagery, vehemence, furor, rapency, unbalance, and of course, love. After losing interest in self-help homos like your Anthony Robbins and your Vic Hislops, the shark hunter, I've learned that there are other methods to turn feelings of, of your disappointment and your derangement into something way more undeniably positive. So much more positive. Much like, you know, those Albanian cowed footballers, right? Which ate each other on the I don't know, some hill in Mount Kosciuszko or whatever. Anyway, so, alright, here it is. A few weeks ago, might have been, I don't know, I don't know, might have been two and a half weeks ago, three weeks ago, me and Raffle wandering around Box Hill Hospital, all around the Hossie, when we ran into another motormouth log on the Mongoose BMX. That was the elusive an enigmatic Steve Stagioni. So, of course, we start rumbling about Donnie Waltz coming down hard on the Forest Hill Filipinos in charge. Then he said um, he's got he and a couple of stoner mates, which had some cheap dope, right? Wanted to meet him. So we wandered across the invisible divide, across Elgaro, 
the late night drizzle, sending wet oak leaves down on our heads as we entered the upper middle class territory of Mont Albert or Montalbert, just minutes away. As we wandered up the old Vicky Crescent, I shared my infuriated Box Hill Central rage. And I glanced and I saw quaint timber houses with middle-class families and their jilted teenagers hanging out watching the late show, tango and cash, or videos of bullying councils setting up holograms of Algerian henchmen spinning nakedly. Usual suburban business all the while posing in ballet wear from a sunburnt race called Vermin. Personally, I'd prefer waiting to stay up late for eat carpet, but seriously, the best thing that SBS has to offer, apart from that grainy footage of the justifiable Kuso Koskonono assassination, they know all about it. They know all about that. Up ahead were the teenage sludge rock looking stoners who had the goods. Meandering out of the front of the house, Whenever you buy some mull, there's a strange sense of impending dread and at the same time excitement. You see, after getting robbed at gunpoint by, from Estonia, by these Estonians last year, I don't trust anyone. So I swaggered towards these teenage dope-selling dweeds up the old Vicky Crescent with more gusto and attitude than the time I robbed my homeless parole officer. You've got it, it's the way you present. You've got to make a good entrance and a good exit. So after hanging around it as uh, these blokes, we hang around hot butt Steve and he rambled with Raf about, oh, something to do with their amazing recent run in with, run in with the, um, those Doncaster Capriccioso Mafia, um, Leonardo de Capriccioso. They were lucky to be alive and mega lucky, mega lucky that they both had Uzis. Right? Oh, so I've gone up, I'm like, oh, g'day fellow wasteoids, got some Gary Glitters greens for us. <laughs> and they, uh, they chuckled and exchanged pleasantries. They seemed a bit uncomfortable with an older, sexier monolith like me until I gave them the cash and then gave him a quick rap about mulling up in Mount Albert. It went something like this. I'm mulling up in Mount Albert. I've got my rollies in Mount Albert. Gonna smoke some weedies. Gonna smoke with Albert. Gonna meet you at the back of 7-Eleven. Get some sweet juice and talk about heaven. I said some passing comment about death hockey or just the usual small talk, whatever. And we you know, just took off, went in our way. Right, so me, who's this? Me, Steve, Raf, we decided we need to get a quiet, tranquil place just to light up our massive woolen coated bongs. Um, yeah, a bon they're woolen coated like your steering wheel covers, you know, the sh lamb's wool. So we've got our lamb's wool bongs because life's too short, right? So Mont Albert Primary School, we're like, ah, oh, let's go to Monty Private Primary School. Montalbert Primary, right, that's what we call it. So 
We've walked through the quiet Oak Streets line, Oak Line Streets, entered the lovely getaway. And we're sitting between portable classrooms. We went to town on our kilogram of purple plant. Well, it was rocket hot good, mate. Rocket hot good. We were so chilled out, you know, after a kilo. I get like that after a kilo. And uh, so we just start sharing stories about punching holes in ceilings and derailing Alamein trains, burning down hospitals with redhead um, matches. And me, Raff and Steve, we enter this deep, cathartic conversation. And as we go around our three-man circle, it was just like confession after confession about, you know, like our deeply hidden anger and that kind of thing. Stories of like smashed bedrooms, snapped tables, broken cupboards, machine gun platypus enclosures, you know, Ash Wednesday part three, the whole works. Just really opening up. It was like AA for rages. And I'll tell you, I just felt, I felt my volcano mind melt subsiding as we, we even started to share stories about Pickett and other normal, but you know, violent male onslaught. All of a sudden, in the middle of this, all of a sudden our rants turn into, into like an enlightenment. As we even started scribbling down our newly discovered levels, as we called them. Like when Anthony Robbins discovered his gigantism as he accidentally crushed his high school bastard club. It was really amazing, you know? And so the long-haired guy scribbled down three categories. And this is a direct verbatim script of what, what he wrote and stuff. Alright, here it is, lizards. Pure animal. Stage one. When you're fed up, and your sizzling anger is just building over years and hours, hours months, months and even milliseconds and you get pushed that far that you just start punching at everything like this is tristan ewan's going crazy at someone claiming that prussians were bigger losers than the burnt egyptians this is like new friends splitting the table at work in half with the back of his heel like Van Damme hitting the dance floor, you know, like a retarded homo, parrot, before kicking some wankers through bamboo walls right up the cock and balls. That's what it's like, you know. Stage two of this is what he calls Tristram Shandy. Tristram Shandy, sorry. And that means going fully napalm on Brian Bong, Brian Bong's at Montalbert or Montalbert salt mine like the sediment attached to Henry the Fake's gaping open wound. It's, you know, another way I, I liken it, it's like being prodded with a weatherman sweating stick of stolen dynamite. You know that feeling. Now that level's where your head goes beetroot with red rage, pumping snot out of each nostril and anus, fists flying at tree trunks, like the Japanese Japanese guy, um, you know that story about the Japanese guy he rejected too quickly before flying up Uncle Sam's butthole. Now, this is 
I'm not talking hours of rage. This is like a three to six month mirror screaming rage fest where eating your own pus isn't even enough to quench the desire to rip the scab off Joan Kerner's shocking bottom surgery. Look, a clearer example of this is when Widdishin decided to paint Wall Street win and did hourly 30 minute burnouts in his V8. That was his old V8 XC Falcon out the front of Nunawading Police Station, Oakley Bowls Club, and empty paddocks in Little River. He had a trail full of these, this guy with crappy tyres, and he turned those tyres into mints. And then he melted it together to create sneaker soles for local peasants. It was that kind. He's, See what I mean? He twisted his rage. His rage eventually subsided when he eventually watched E Street, where that Bowie-esque sort of Mr. Bad guy striped his way to scaring even the straightest Oxford Street transvestite. That's touch. That's touch. That's that's. But anyway, um. So stage three, DEFCON 7. Alright, so now we're talking about, alright, so this is a top layer, the top layer of mental capitulation. Now this can only be achieved through a lifetime of astute horrors, prolific drug use through cat's eyeballs, ongoing justified violence with the world by ignoring stop signs in battle truck and ploughing down arrogant Dutch pedal pushers while at the same time being convinced by politicians that they can reattach your self-chopped human tail, escalating your conversation with a defenceless pensioner in a whirlwind of fisticuffs. In other words, your typical sort of day at the office, right? Yeah, so, look, Existing day in, day out as a man that will absolutely explode at any moment and go into a sort of anger orbit, screaming obscenities until he's either ignored, dead or arrested. That's when Rabid called Vic Rhodes and melted the phone lines. He released a storm of demonic vocals at a sacred phone operator. As I sat there, like a stone seething parrot, cathartically, you know, realizing what we'd achieved, I felt like we'd hoodwinked a fake petrol station bowser, like a golden fleeced Ben Mendelssohn on Prozac. I mean, I cried tears of rage, more like rivers of hope. And as we sat in the dark tree-lined school, we passed along the bong passed it around and we just cried tears of laughter and rage. Laughter and rage like rivers. And then Raf started to talk about his idea for a TV show. So he said, with this show, we'd award guests with posters of Albie Mangles hanging himself. And I told, like, I, I didn't like that. I told him to shut up. And I said to him, Raf, this is a, you know, what you've said there, that's a self-indulgent piece of rubbish. What are you going on with there about the Albie Mangles thing? 
It really is, mate. And um, then I continued my newly found skill, right? And that's rapping. Transforming the hit single by Lizard Lager called Build Me a Hope High, filled with meaty meaninglessness into a one shit wonder. And as we got louder and more stone, we got lost in time and soon the sun, there she was, rising up in the east. So, so there we are on the oval, sitting around. It's probably about this time as the sun came up, we're waking from our purple river haze and this beautiful sun just warming our trashed minds and opened our bloodshot and dreary eyes and then suddenly out of nowhere Ford Escort always happens doesn't it at sunrise out of nowhere a Ford Escort appeared at the back gate followed by some kind of kind of bongo van so Raf goes hey that's a strange car for an Aussie to drive and at that point I was still I was still stoned and yeah I was hallucinating and in my mind's eye mini fuzz burn were literally popping out of the ground like worms or cicadas at chirping time every time i saw his rising corpse i'd just go i'd just go or like attempt a wwf style slam and just end up crapping crapping my rib cage so all right so there i am now these there are these strange images, but they're subsiding, and I rub my eyes in amazement, and I'm like, "What's going on?" And these bald Buddhist-looking sort of widows exited the bongo van, and another strange-looking short-haired woman was leading them towards the oval, and they're wearing these loose apricot and cream-coloured clothes, walking in a calm and rhythmic fashion. And it took me a few moments to realise that this is real. Raf and Steve are too trashed to raise their heads. So it's just me. And I'm a, I approach this group, this cult-looking freaks or whatever, and I ask them in jo- What in the jolly blazes are you doing, fellas? You know, I don't like to swear, but it'll freak me the fuck out. So I ask them, these bald guys... They just stand, they're looking at me, standing there and, and they're silent and they've got these mats. And the woman speaks to me in this strange, like monotone, like patronising but polite manner. So I introduce myself and I explain our defining, like um, nightly sh- sharing stories of my rage and years of inner agony and turmoil. Um, and then she responded, Oh, hi there, Reginald. My name's Lynn. We're from a wonderful and exciting group called Sunbeam Moon Healers, and we're here to demonstrate the healing powers of the mind. We might do wonders for your anger issues, and we're going to commence a levitation session. I can tell you, I'm, I almost vomited with laughter until I saw that ball-headed freaks crossing their legs in the prey pose. Lynn kept talking, and all of a sudden, I don't know what it was, something about her voice, 
I've gone into a kind of trance and I'm just sitting next to these freaks and her voice is in my ear like, oh, okay, Reginald, what we're going to do now is go into your mind, picture a rainbow and a golden-haired warrior. You're feeling a tingling sensation across your body. And all of a sudden, I felt, I felt what she said. I did feel this strange tingling sensation across my whole body. My body just tensed up and then I felt this strange kind of explosion and my body just shook and I lifted off the ground again and again. It was, it was, it, this was incredible. These useless hippie dreamboats, they were for real. I started to levitate and I started to eradicate my inner demons. Now this took a good probably 15, 10, 15 minutes to realize that at the height of spring, I was in fact having a sudden ultra powerful hay fever attack, right? The sneezes, they were, they were forcing my body to jump at least 30 centimeters into the air. And then I went into an allergy induced megastrophic Tristram Shandy rage, blind rage. And my fists and sneezes just say a lot. Flying around me like a hay fever sufferer in a hay field. In a perennial dry grass prerogatory. I scream and sneeze not like an animal until the idiots disappeared. And then Raff and Steve, they forced me to drag my blind, puffy, sneezing, snotty eyes home to have a cold shower and get some medicine from Purple Rivers. So, who said Montalbert was for boring losers, hey? Not me. Tan your insides. Rescue your raisins, right? Alright, see you on the way out. Journey of the Jogger.